What is truth? It's a question that has echoed down through the ages and continues to echo through today. People are in a perpetual search for truth. Sometimes we get lost in the search and we don't recognize it when we find it. Sometimes we find it, we recognize it, we don't like it. <laughs> truth can be a wonderful thing. The truth can also be um, tough to handle. Amen. In our scripture reference, John 14, 6, you know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Truth is a powerful thing. Truth can also be elusive unless we are really and truly willing to face it as reality and face it on a regular basis. We live in a world in which uh, the truth is very difficult to determine sometimes because we live in so much of a, a, a fantasy world. Our reality uh, doesn't always fit. In fact, we don't know what reality is anymore. If you don't believe me, watch TV. I love, I, I don't like them, I don't watch them, but I love the term a reality show. <laughs> I've often, one that I did watch one time was this reality show about people looking for ghosts in haunted houses, ghost chasers or something. And I noticed that, you know, when something went bump in the night in the dark, first of all, I noticed they never get a clear picture. They ought to buy better cameras. They really should. Because it's always this blurry picture behind this green light. And, uh, but I've noticed when, when, when everybody takes off running, the poor cameraman's still standing there. <laughs> For him, that may be reality. They're all running, and he's standing there, and he's having to film everything, and whatever's coming after him. Well, now he's in the front, and they're behind him taking off somewhere. So anyway, I digress. So much for reality. Some people are afraid of truth. But we need to understand this. The truth is not going to hurt you unless, of course, it should. And even then, it will not produce any lasting damage. Okay? Don't be afraid of the truth. It's kind of like having a bandage on that has been protecting uh, a wound and there comes a day you have to pull that thing off. <laughs> now, some of us are of the school. Just grab it and rip it and just get it all over with it sometime. You know, just get it over at once. Get it over with it quickly and deal with the pain and the hair pulled out and everything else that goes with it. Some of us are of that uh, school that you just peel it a little at a time. Yeah, you know, I can't take the whole big pain at once. I'll take it a little at a time. Either way... We need to understand that there are things in this world, there are things in the Word of God, there are things of truth that are there for our benefit, and they are all there for our benefit. Everything that God does, now hear me, everything God does 
He does for our good. Everything God does, he does from a foundation of grace and love and mercy, even punishment. A lot of people have problems sometimes. We'll say, you know, why does God allow this? Or where was God in this tragedy? Or where was God in this happening? Or where was God in this event? And I hear people try to skirt around it. You know, well, you know, God, uh, sometimes things happen. God, well, you know, God's not necessarily in it, but, you know, sometimes he's off allowing it. And friends, as Christians, let's have no problem saying this. Whatever takes place on this earth, God's in it. And I know that's going to, for some people, is going to say, oh, wait a minute, no, no, there's some bad things that happen on earth. There's some bad things that go on. But see, what we have to understand is all things work to better work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And we either believe that or we don't. That's truth. Pilate had a problem because he had this political situation that he was dealing with and it was becoming, it started off a religious situation but it became a, a political situation because there was this man, Jesus, they were trying to get rid of and, and they, they brought him to him to, to determine and, and I mean after a while he even says bring Jesus in, he's talking to Jesus and he says, you know, are, are you the Messiah or not? He said, in truth you have said I am the Messiah, the King. And Pilate just finally throws up his hand and says, what is truth? I can't figure it out. This group says this is true. This group says that is true. This group says this is true. What's going on here? And finally he just gave up and said, hey, what is truth? Sometimes truth is not the most evident thing at the moment. Sometimes you have to search for truth. Sometimes truth takes work. Sometimes you have to get down to the facts and the details. And we live in a world today that we want instant gratification. We want instant clarification. We just want to be able to go out and do some little something that doesn't take a whole lot of effort or a lot of work or a lot of thinking on our part. And then, uh, you know, go out there and just push a button and pop up it comes. We don't want to really have to work for it. I think our current presidential races is a good example of that. We don't really want to work for the truth. I cannot understand some things that are going on in our country. And that's the extent of my political statement today. Maybe. <laughs> Come back next Sunday, we'll see. As I shared with you last week, the time of Christ's ministry was a rough one. The laws of God had been humanized to the point that they were not much more than a bunch of garbled, unintelligible uh, rules and regulations that were subject to the whim or interpretation of individuals for their own profit, for their own benefit, or to get one over the other person. And as a result, the, the mass of the people, the greater number of the people, uh, were not blessed by what they deemed to be the laws of God. Rather, they were usurped through them. They were put down through them. The laws and the things of God had become a bondage to them, and then when you add to it the oppression of being under a foreign uh, dictator of the type that Rome was, life was very meaningless, it had very little value, it wasn't a good time, and this is what Jesus walked into. 
They were expecting a conqueror. They were expecting someone who would rise up and, and, and be king and, and form an army and, and you know, knock off the Romans, run them out of the land, get rid of the captors and, and be a nation again. All Jesus brought was the truth. It wasn't what they were looking for. It's not what they were expecting, but it was the truth. Sometimes the truth is not the most obvious thing. Sometimes the truth is not the most immediate answer. Sometimes the truth is not available on the spur of the moment. Sometimes truth takes patience. Sometimes truth, as I said, takes work. Sometimes it takes learning. It takes using some of the gray matter up here to really learn. Sometimes, and more often, truth really, in the simplest part, just takes paying attention just pay attention to good common sense. But I can tell you this, when the truth comes out, we recognize it because the truth has impact immediately. And this is what happened with Jesus Christ. When Jesus began to teach, people would walk out from his teachings and they would say, this man speaks like no man I've ever heard speak before. His wisdom, his understanding, his truthfulness, his integrity... Everything that he had about him came through, not because his, of his mental intellect was so great, but because the spirit of it was founded in the truth. One of the greatest works of the Holy Spirit, friends, is to help us in learning, understanding, teaching us, guiding us into the truth. And we live in a day and time where we sit around, we scratch our heads. I don't know which way to go. I don't see any good, any good options, so I'll just pick one. Go with the truth. Find it. Dig for it. Look for it. Cherish it. Value it. Say, so, Pastor, I don't know where to look. Right here. I want to share with you today, there is nothing that is going to happen among mankind that does not have an answer right here. I, I, don't, I, I don't care. I, I won't even preface it by saying you must believe this is the word of God. You must. But nevertheless, if all you want to do is just accept a source book, just a, a plain old everyday source book that gives you some truthful answers to any situation in life, in finance, in relationship, in government, in anything in to do with this world and your life, it's right here. And that is not me being a, a great champion of the Bible. Friends, that is just simple truth. You know how many people have made millions off of just following advice in this Bible right here? Do you know how many lives have been changed just simply because of words in this book right here? Do you know how many relationships have been healed? Do you know how many physical bodies have been healed in miraculous ways simply because of the words in this book right here? It's because what is behind it? Because Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And he wasn't just 
speaking figuratively. He was speaking the truth. Truth is not something simply to be known. Truth is something to be done. Because when you find out the truth, then you have to act on it. You have to do something with it. When you find out something that is, that is true, then you have to deal with it. You have to make some, some motion towards that truth. You either have to accept it or you have to deny it. And either one requires effort on your part. Either one requires brain power, requires action, requires perception, requires understanding, and at some point requires that you make a literal decision. I either accept the truth or I do not. It requires action. It's not just to be known. The truth is to be done. John 8, 31, 32. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You see, we have to do something with it, friends. We can't sit around and say, Oh, yeah, I believe the Bible. I, I heard uh, a, a comment yesterday from a, a student that said, uh, she had read something that said, not only do we have to believe, but we have to believe what we believe. See, a lot of us have beliefs. A lot of us say, oh, you know, what do you believe as Christian? Oh, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. And we can list off a number of things, but do you really and truly personally believe what you believe or what you say you believe? Let's put it that way. Do you act on your beliefs? Do we act on the word of God or do we act on the philosophies of mankind, the philosophies of the day, or the popular thoughts or idealisms of our time? It is the knowledge and the experience of true reality that opposes false reality. Because anytime you bring truth into the picture, a battle is going to take place. There will always be a battle between what is true and what is false. And you may not like the outcome of the battle. You may not like the way truth leads you. It may be in your mind and in your heart that you want to go a certain direction. But in somewhere in there you say, I really want to know what, what, what the truth is. What's the best way to go? And you find out in truth, this is what you should do, and you should not be doing this. And now you've got a battle on your hands because you've got to decide, do I want to go my way or do I want to accept the truth? <clears throat> truth is directly opposed to falsehood. Truth is light. Truth is light that shines and dispels darkness and shows us what really is. You see, one of the big problems we have today, even among churches, even among Christians, and I'll use that term loosely as a whole, is that we still have a problem whether or not we believe the truth. A lot of it we don't want to believe because we don't like what it says. <laughs> it makes us uncomfortable. Some reason or another, we get the idea that because we're Christians, we're never ever going to have to squirm in the presence of God or under the working of His Holy Spirit or under the heat of His Word. I'm sorry, but you will. 
You know, I could get up here and preach a sermon, and any given Sunday there are people walk out of here and say, Pastor, that was just about the most pleasant sermon I've ever heard, and somebody's going to walk out of here and say, I sure wish he would quit picking on me. <laughs> and if the truth be known, I have no clue one way or the other. Don't tell anybody because I know I've got you all fooled, but just keep that to yourselves, okay? Truth is the truth. It is what it is. And when the word of God goes forth, the power of that word is that it causes conflict with that which is not truth. It causes us to have to make decisions one way or another. It causes us to have to deal with our inadequacies. It causes us to have to look at our relationships, both relationships with each other, relationships with our neighbors, relationships with God, relationships with ourselves. But how are we ever going to know? How is life ever going to improve for you if you just keep going the same old way you've always been going? Truth is refreshing. Christ revealed and required an example. He required a, a regard for truth in every respect. By believing it, he required reverencing it, speaking it, acting it, hoping in it, living it, and rejoicing in it. Rejoice in the truth. Such truthful behavior frees us from all the bondage, from the impediments of life. Truth is what keeps our lives steady. It's what keeps our faith strong. When the problems, when the trials of life come, you will know the truth. The truth will make you free. Nothing else can be said like that. And most of us can handle life when the conditions are good. Most of us don't, don't have too much problem when everything's going our way. It's when that illusion of control comes into conflict with the truth of reality that we start having problems. Because we like to believe we are in control of this life. And that's a falsehood. But when the light of truth comes and we find ourselves in conflict, then all of a sudden... We have to start looking in a different way, different way of doing things, and maybe altering the course we're on. And just as the external senses can help us see and guide us and direct us where we're going, so the internal senses lead us and guide us as well. Do you know how much of what you do is not based on what you see, hear, or experience in the external? Do you know how much of it is experienced by the internal I guarantee to you the marketers the retail marketers know this has anybody in, in, in recent memory been to a store that didn't have a sale going on <laughs> do you know they no longer give you the price of what something is they tell you how much you're saving how many of you have ever walked in a store and came out with something you didn't know you were going to buy before you went in and got home and wondered why you bought it? Now, I'm not talking about ask your husband or your wife. I'm talking about you yourself bought. It's called impulse. It's internal. It's something that's internally generated. 
because they work to make it pleasing to the sight. Sure, they're always trying to get your attention, get you, you gotta get you to look at it. But do you know there's a whole marketing system? Walmart is champion at it. <laughs> they're very good. You know why you walk into Walmart and never find the same thing in the same place every time? Because you're going to walk out of there. The majority of people are going to walk out of there with something they didn't come in to buy. It's the internal part that works towards it. So learn this. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded means to take anything based on just how it appeals to you. To be spiritually minded means to put a regimen of truth within your heart, your life, your soul, your habits, your instincts, your mind, your actions, and let them begin to operate. Allow them, allow them to begin to operate from a core of truth. And then, friends, that will lead you to life and peace. Would you bow your heads? <coughs> Heavenly Father, from hearing your words today, we know that we are faced in this life always with things as how they seem to be and things as they really are. And we sit here today as your people, and we claim that proudly. We claim it gloriously. We claim it with joy and praise and worship. We are people of the living God. We are Christians, followers of Christ, our Savior and Lord. We are people of empowerment by your Spirit. But Lord, we have to live like it. For you are truth. You've given us your word of truth. And your ways are the ways of truth. The simple task we have is to simply follow you or not. And it is a decision that we must make every day. And I pray today, O oh Lord, that you would plant within us a renewing and a stirring of your Holy Spirit. That as we move steadily, towards Resurrection Sunday, towards Holy Week, toward that Monday Thursday, and Good Friday, and all that it represents to us, all the way through God to Pentecost Sunday, may we be people willing to face, to embrace, and to change our lives according to the truth. Your word is truth. May we apply it as you've given it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.